Are you struggling to get in your daily dose of greens? Her Greens is an easy and effective way to get that daily dose. It nourishes your body with all the crucial vitamins and minerals we need from vegetable consumption while improving kidney, heart, and liver function. Her Greens provides more than one serving of your daily greens per stick. Look at all of our products on Mixers.com. Remember, that's M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Welcome back. This is Cody. I'm back again for another Deep Dive Friday. And I love to do these Friday Deep Dives because it's an opportunity for me to be able to do exactly that, do a deep dive on some of these issues that have to do with our hormonal health in a much deeper way. So these are a little bit longer episodes. And today's episode, I really want to go into a lot of detail, but I will try to keep it as short as possible, but want to give you guys the best information possible so that this episode can be of great help for you, hopefully. Did you guys know that March is Endometriosis Awareness Month? So today we are going to be talking about endometriosis because I feel like it's a common problem that many of us girls are experiencing, especially in our mixers community. So I wanted to share a couple of things, some information that I know um, some of you may or may not be aware of, but mostly I want to give you guys actionable steps on how to help yourself feel better, live better, and enjoy life again if you have endometriosis. Endometriosis will affect one in 10 women in her lifetime. This is a startling statistic, and it highlights how women's healthcare has taken a backseat to other priorities in conventional health and medicine. It also highlights how the way we live now with the chronic stress that we experience, the easy availability of hormone disruptive foods, and misleading or just plain missing guidance on how to address the root causes of our pain when it comes to endometriosis, how all of this has taken a toll on our health. Guess what though? We can take steps to ease the symptoms of endometriosis as a condition that involves immune system dysregulation, hormone imbalances, and inflammation. Endometriosis responds to targeted lifestyle strategies. And I feel like that's such good news. And the first thing I wanted to share with you, that is to say that our food, our exercise, and our lifestyle choices can make a big difference in our symptoms. The choices that we make every day, big and small, can help reduce our pain, can can protect our fertility, and can also improve our quality of life. I hope that this episode will be of big help in showing you how to make this possible. In this episode, I want to cover a couple of things. One, I want to talk about why conventional medicine has so little to offer women with endometriosis. Most medical research studies are done on men, and I know we've talked about that in previous episodes. Um, Plus, women's complaints of pain are often dismissed or ignored, which is just infuriating. Um, Second, I want to talk about what is endometriosis. Some of you might not know what it is exactly, Um, and I also want to talk about why it's happening to you. Genetics definitely plays a big role in it, but endometriosis is associated with three main factors. One is inflammation, um, and the other is immune system function and the body's ability to detox. That All of this can be addressed with lifestyle strategies. Another thing I want to discuss today is how food and supplements for endometriosis can help. I'm going to be sharing some of my top food and supplement recommendations for women with endometriosis. 
Also, I want to talk about the emotional aspects of endometriosis that you may resonate with. Many women with endometriosis benefit by exploring the emotional aspects of this condition. If you have endometriosis, you know a couple of things. First, it takes a really long time to get a diagnosis, if you get a correct diagnosis at all. The average wait for a woman to be diagnosed with endometriosis is seven years. This means that many women are suffering with terrible and sometimes crippling endometriosis-related pain for the better part of a decade, thinking that it is just severe period problems. And endometriosis is so much more than just a really bad period. Um, Then when you are diagnosed with endometriosis, many times you're just given treatment in quotation marks, I want to put it like that, options because um, they're just treatment options. They actually don't address the root causes of endometriosis. They really just only address the symptoms, which many of us are familiar with, with all of the other, you know, hormonal issues that we deal with as women. For example, your choices are usually pain management medication, like usually ibuprofen or hormonal birth control pills or surgery. So let's talk about why the conventional medical treatment options for endometriosis is so lacking. One of the main reasons is um, how medical research has deprioritized women's health issues. Um, We've talked about this also again um, before, but I just feel like it's so important to be aware of this because I feel like so many of us aren't aware that many, many studies have not been done on women. And historically, women have been excluded from medical research studies because our 28-day hormone cycles are considered too complicated (laughs) to control for in studies, right? Another reason is that women's concerns about their health are often dismissed as psychological. Women are told that their symptoms are in their head or that they are just imagining their pain or women are considered to just be complainers or overly concerned about their physical well-being. I mean, I've been told that personally myself from medical doctors, and I don't mean to demonize medical doctors. I just want to share that this is a common thing that I have been told um, in my practice and things that I've also experienced personally. So if you have been experiencing this as well, just know that you're not alone. So just know that this is common. In fact, studies back up this theory. There was a report that found that almost half of those who went on to be diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, and by the way, the majority of people who experience autoimmune conditions are women, they were told originally that they were too worried about their health. So women with health concerns have a long history of being deemed um, hormonal as if that's a personality trait or hysterical or they're just making it all up. So what I'm hoping is with this kind of these kind of conversations that we have here on this podcast and just in the community, you know, wide mixers um, on our social media and everything like that, I hope that these conversations help us to change this issue um, once and for all, and that no longer this is going to be considered something that's just in our head. All right. So what do we know from the research on endometriosis? One thing that we know is that it is a condition that involves a faulty autoimmune response. It also involves an inflammatory response and 
hormone imbalance in the body. And we also know that tackling these with lifestyle strategies is hugely helpful. And that's what we're going to talk about more in detail today. So I just want to just give you guys hope to, and know that the time to reclaim our female biochemistry is now. So if you are resonating with some of the things I'm talking about, some of the symptoms that are associated with endometriosis, I just want you to know that the things we're going to talk about today are going to give you powerful steps that you can help um, use and implement to ease the symptoms of endometriosis with nutrition, with supplements, and with lifestyle strategies. All right, well, let's talk about what is endometriosis and why it's happening to you. It is a painful and sometimes debilitating condition that affects as many as 1 in 15% of women ages 15 to 44 in the United States. It affects quality of life and can interfere with future fertility. And let me tell you, I one of my very best friends has endometriosis, and I can firsthand tell you how it affects her quality of life. It is a major, major problem and issue, and it really, she has tried all of the conventional medical approaches, and the thing that has helped her the most has been addressing the um, issues of endometriosis with lifestyle strategies like nutrition and things like that that we're going to talk about today. And that has been the most helpful for her. Most of the time, um, what happens when it comes to endometriosis is that endometriosis occurs when endometrial tissue, which is normally found in the uterus, it grows in places outside of the uterus, places where it shouldn't be. Most of the time, this misplaced endometrial tissue lands on the ovaries or fallopian tubes or painfully on the abdomen. I mean, it's it can get everywhere. It can even go into the colon and just to other major organs. Because endometrial tissue responds the same way with our hormonal shifts that trigger our menstrual cycle, the pain associated with endometriosis will also follow the same 28-day cycle as our periods do. So endometriosis can happen to any menstruating woman, um, but why the condition strikes some women and not others is not entirely clear. We do know that genetics plays a huge role in it, but like I mentioned earlier, there are three other factors that have been identified in the development of endometriosis, okay? So let's talk about those. One is a faulty immune system response. In women with endometriosis, the immune system fails to destroy the endometrial tissue that lands outside of the uterus, all right? So it's considered an autoimmune condition. Second, there's excess estrogen in the body. This is something that's familiar and common with everyone that has endometriosis. Unfortunately, and simply by virtue of the world that we live in today, excess estrogen in women, and actually some men too, is more the norm than it is the exception. This overload of estrogen can fuel endometriosis in many women. The third thing is inflammation. Inflammation, and we talked a little bit about inflammation last week during my deep dive, um, but inflammation like estrogen excess or dominance is driven by lifestyle. So what we eat and then also the toxins that we're exposed to and then how well our bodies can detox them. So going back to our last week's episode about our digestion, right? Um, but also how our liver is functioning and all of that. It's This is all what's going to determine um whether our inflammation is driven and and whether this inflammation will fuel endometriosis. 
Now, I know that we can't always control, we, we can't control our genetics, um, but we can do things that we, um, we can do things that can reduce inflammation in our body. We can do things that can help our liver to flush out excess estrogen, and we can support our immune system with nutrition, targeted supplementation, and again, lifestyle. So as a functional nutritionist, you guys all know that one of my favorite things is to teach people how food can be used as medicine. I want you girls to think about food as our best weapon in the fight against the symptoms of endometriosis. When it comes to hormone conditions, like things like PCOS, fibroids, and endometriosis, food really is medicine. I want to share a couple of things like lists of food, I guess, um, that I recommend. And I've broken them down into four main categories. I've broken them into um, categories such as immune-boosting foods, detox-supporting foods, liver-supporting foods, and healthy protein sources. That's important for healing. The protein is very important for the healing. Um, So you may want to pause me for a second, get a notebook out, and write down some of these foods. Or just add, if you're just listening, just pay attention to some of the things that I'm going to be recommending and make sure to put them on your grocery list um, the next time you go. All right. So these are the foods that help to boost your immune function. Carrots, garlic, ginger, dark leafy greens, leeks, mushrooms, beans, peas, and lentils, and green tea. Um, Rubios, um, tea, yogurt with live cultures and other fermented foods like kimchi and sauerkraut that have all of those good probiotics. Um, rhubarb, berries, and seeds um, have an awesome effect um, for us hormonally like flax, chia, sesame, and pumpkin. Okay, so those are the foods that help to boost our immune function and that's good for many things, but that's especially good for those of you that are experiencing endometriosis. All right, I also recommend these fiber-rich foods. Um, They're very helpful for helping your body to detox the excess hormones. Okay, so things like beans, peas, and legumes, brown rice, quinoa, low glycemic um, fruits like berries and citrus fruits and apples, right? And then also vegetables, especially, again, those dark leafy greens like kale, cruciferous vegetables. You hear me talking about that a lot. That's like our broccoli and our cauliflower. Um, But also carrots are extremely helpful for ridding our bodies of excess estrogen, um, as well as beets, oatmeal, and whole grains. But I am going to say not wheat or rye because it's super important for you girls to avoid gluten. Okay. That, that tends to be very inflammatory and can really flare up endometriosis. All right. Let's talk about the foods that I recommend for liver support. The liver is the body's main organ of detoxification and it plays a central role in helping the body to detox from estrogen, um, excess estrogen, I should say. Artichokes are some of my favorite. Um, I know many of my friends, had never even heard of an artichoke. It's kind of something I think that used to be more popular on the West Coast of the United States, but I think now more and more um, states across the country are familiar with artichokes, but they're awesome. So great. Beets again. Burdock is amazing. Um, Cabbage. Again, I talked about carrots. I like to take, I like to make a daily carrot salad. Um, I feel like it's extremely helpful. And ever since I've been doing this, I have noticed a huge difference um, with my body's ability to detox. Um, Also kale 
and lemon and lime. All right. So those are things that are really, really great. Also, I would recommend, um, sometimes this is better in a supplement form because they tend to be bitter, but they're very, very healthy for our liver, but dandelion and mustard greens, they're delicious. They, they have a little more bitter, um, taste, but I feel like they're so yummy. And especially in the springtime, like it is right now, almost, um, they're just going to be amazing, like additions to your salads. And, and I think your body is going to actually feel like it's craving it. I think your body's going to really respond well to the bitter taste. Um, but also watercress is really good. All right. The last thing is I recommend also these healthy protein sources. Like I said, it's really important for us to get in enough protein with every single meal. Um, because what that will do is it helps to um, balance our blood sugar levels, which is going to help balance our inflammation as well. And it's going to help us to be able to heal. So things like wild caught salmon, um, beans are a good source of protein as well and plant-based, um, but also like chicken, turkey, you know, things like that. The white meats tend to be a little bit better for our body, but I want you to be really especially uh, conscious of making sure that you're sourcing your chicken and your turkey um, from free range uh, birds because that organic free range um, hormone free is going to be very important because whatever your food source ate is now going to be going into your body and having an effect on you and your hormone levels as well. So be aware of that. You'll notice that some of the foods I mentioned, like carrots and beets and dark leafy greens, they are on all of my lists, right? You can actually maximize your benefit of really just emphasizing those foods that I mentioned a couple of times. It's especially important to emphasize phytonutrient-rich vegetables, okay? So phytonutrients, they you will know that a... Um, food source is rich in phytonutrients if it has really good deep colors, okay? So like dark leafy greens, that they have a lot of, um, they are very phytonutrient rich. As these foods contain compounds um, that are powerfully healing, they help the liver as well as they help to powerfully um, assist in creating less inflammation and help to give us immune support. So they provide a win-win when it comes to addressing the root causes of endometriosis, as you can see. Again, food is medicine for real. Foods that you should avoid, I'm also going to mention that when you have endometriosis is just as important. Um, as with any health-supportive diet, it's as much about what you take out of your body as it is what you put in it. If you have endometriosis, you'll want to cut out or dramatically reduce the following foods. Okay, the first one is alcohol. Alcohol is an immunosuppressive and it's hard on the liver, really, really hard on the liver. It will always, the liver will always put alcohol ahead of everything else um, because it literally, as soon as it hits your bloodstream, it goes straight to the liver and it just is, it has a heavy load for that liver and it will definitely, the liver will put that priority. So it will put off things like detoxing excess estrogen if it has to deal with the alcohol first. When you drink, you force the liver to process the alcohol and then not direct its energy towards processing and eliminating those excess hormones like I was talking about, like estrogen from the body. The other thing is caffeine. All right. So I know caffeine, a lot of times we have kind of a we have a love for caffeine. It gives us that little boost that we think is energy, but really it's not. Um, <laughs> so I always am recommending to try to avoid that if there are some hormonal imbalance issues and with endometriosis, for sure. Caffeine um, is not your friend. Some research has linked the intake of caffeine with endometriosis. The more caffeine intake, the worse the endometriosis um, is. All right, so play it safe and avoid caffeinated beverages. All right, the third thing is sugar. 
Foods with a high glycemic index drive up inflammation. They also suppress the immune system and they absolutely do not offer any phytonutrient support. So if dark leafy greens are the win-win food of hormonal healing because they address inflammation, immune function, and also have lots of fiber in it, sugar is the lose, lose, lose because it helps with none of those things and actively interferes with your efforts to heal. The next one is dairy. Dairy is inflammatory. And I know that we love our cheese and we love our ice cream and all of that. Um, And also like low fat and skim dairy products are super high um, glycemic foods as well. And so that also, they have just a lot of sugar in them. So that's going to drive inflammation. Avoid all dairy if you have endometriosis. Opting instead for coconut yogurt, which is delicious. You guys, there's a lot of options out there to replace with. So things like kefir is or kefir. I actually think I have always pronounced it as kefir, but I think I was corrected that it's kefir. So there we go. Learning something new every day. That's a good alternative. Um, Also delicious non-dairy creamers that you can get that are made out of nuts and seeds are awesome, like almond milks and coconut milks and cashew milk and I mean, all kinds of things. So really, I promise you, it may seem sad to give up dairy, but really there's so many great alternatives out there. I don't even think you're going to miss it and your body is going to thank you big time. All right. Also refined and highly processed carbs like pasta, white bread, candy, cookies, and other baked goods. These foods are inflammatory and they're also high glycemic, hence bad for any inflammatory condition, including endometriosis. Also fried foods and fast foods. Most fried foods and almost all fast food is prepared in unhealthy inflammation promoting cooking oils. So avoid those at all costs. Also red meat. Now I usually tell people red meat is okay as long as it is used sparingly, okay? Studies have linked red meat consumption to increased risk of endometriosis. Processed foods with additives and preservatives, um, these foods introduce like chemicals into our body that um, it neither needs or wants and that it has to then, our body then has to work very hard to detox from. So don't force your body to use up its precious resources, getting rid of avoidable preservatives when really then it could just spend its time processing and eliminating excess estrogen. All right. As you know, I always, always say food comes first when fighting any kind of hormonal imbalance, but I'm going to say that again, it comes first when fighting endometriosis. All right. Using, though, um, targeted high-quality supplements comes in at a close second. It's something that we actually just need just because, you know, most of us, even when we are eating very healthy, are not getting all of the nutrients that we need just because we have nutrient-depleted soils and just the things that um, our food could be exposed to can really, really um, diminish that. And so it's important to use targeted high-quality supplements like HerTime, all right? HerTime Daily. If you have endometriosis, I do recommend HerTime Daily. That's the 30-day formula. Um, Or if you have severe endometriosis, you might want to try HerTime Complete Care. Now, HerTime Complete Care is... Both the Her Time Daily as well as the Her Time Classic, you would take the Her Time Daily every single day. Then around the time of your menstruation, like two to three days before you start bleeding or when you start feeling symptoms come on, you will also add Her Time Classic. So you'd be drinking during those 10 days, um, you'd drink both Her Time Daily and Her Time Classic, all right? Her Time is was created... Um, 
to help support women that have hormonal imbalance issues. And it's very supportive. And we have very, uh, quite a few women um, that have endometriosis that have used her time and have noticed a huge difference. Her time has ingredients in it that are known to help reduce inflammation, like we've talked about, support our detoxification pathways, and also promote healthy and balanced sex hormone production. So keep in mind, though, I understand and I want you to understand fully that supplements won't have as much impact on your symptoms if you don't also modify your eating habits first. So it goes hand in hand. Supplements are like our insurance policy. They just kind of back up and give us the support that we need. All right, let's talk about emotional aspects of endometriosis. This is something that um, I feel like it might be something new, right? A little bit. When a woman with endometriosis um, came to work with me, one of the things I'd always explain is how the discipline of engaging in, you know, we've talked about it, phase-based self-care, like our exercise, the way we eat based on which phase of the month we're in, how that can allow her to stop overextending herself, right? The practice of aligning our diet and our exercise with the phases of our hormone cycle, it forces us to take better care of ourselves. And it makes it so that we stop burning the candle at both ends. Research into the mind-body connection is really gaining ground right now in mainstream science, which I'm so happy it finally is. It's no longer relegated to alternative medicine, right? It's we're we are coming to understand in a deeper and more detailed way how thoughts and feelings can directly impact our physical health and well-being. We are seeing the evidence really, it's mounting when it comes to how physical symptoms can manifest in connection to our emotions. This is a concept I think we all understand instinctively, right? And often we relate to in our own lives, but I just think it's so good to see that science is now supporting this shared experience that we have. Don't you guys think too? I just, for a long time, I've been in this field for 25 years. And I know when I first got into this field, Everything that I was teaching my clients was considered so woo-woo. <laughs> and now I feel like all of this science is now backing all of this up. But I feel like deep down us women, you know, intuitively, I feel like we know that we are emotional beings, emotional creatures, and it's one of our superpowers. I think it's an area that is also often missed in conventional medicine discussion, right? So that's why I really want to talk about it in this episode. Now, I also know that examining the emotional aspects of endometriosis doesn't erase the symptoms on their own, but understanding the emotional components can lead to more compassion for ourselves, um, for other women. And it's also just an individual and collective like recovery, I think for all of us, something I saw often with the women I worked with, um, that was that one of the things that we would all be processing was we would be working on um, her health issue from a functional nutrition and holistic health standpoint. And then eventually we would organically really just reach a point of discussing her life, her past experiences, her feelings about herself and about the things that have happened to her. It's not really that surprising because um, when I work with a client, it does become very intimate work. And if you've been one of my clients, you know what I'm talking about. And when women work with women 
outside of a doctor's office, there's a tendency for the mind-body connection to come up in a way that might not we might not see happen elsewhere. So that's why I'm just meaning that. I think it's a pretty cool thing. And I, I hope that this discussion about our emotions will become something that is more common um, to talk about in a medical setting. Um, and so I hope you guys can find a practitioner that's really willing to do this type of work with you. And if not, I just want to share some of the information with you as well. So let's go there. All right. So imagine that you and I are in a private session. Uh, One of the things that I like to talk about and think about has to do with our our female reproductive organs. So like our uterus, our ovaries, our vagina, right? And I always like to talk about how these organs are acting as our low heart, And as such, they're holding many of our unconscious, deeper emotions that our high heart is not really ready to process yet. I hope that makes sense. The emotions then can be held here and then only to be released once a person has processed the source of these held feelings. All right. So let me just keep going because I feel like this might make more sense as I explain where I came up with this um, thought process. Okay. There's actually a deeply feminine history to the mind body connection and how it relates to our female experience. There's a student that I studied. Um, she was a student of psychologist of the psychologist, Carl Jung, and her name is Marion Woodman. And maybe some of you have heard of her. She developed a concept that she called feminine psychology. Her work details how unconsciously held emotions, feelings, and thoughts can affect the female body. And I think it's important to note that as science progresses, we are seeing more and more evidence to support and back up this perspective. Marion Woodman um, investigated how women feel about their bodies. Many of us are brought up to be fearful and distrustful of our bodies, and she believed this has a significant impact on our health. She believed that the unprocessed trauma experienced by many women as a result of individually experienced acts of abuse or violence and as a result of like cultural oppression sometimes that it could manifest itself in physical symptoms, especially those relating to our female biology. So when it comes to endometriosis, she says it has to do with time to prioritize our own needs. One theory about the emotional component of endometriosis is that it may reflect if even symbolically, that a physical manifestation, it's a physical manifestation, I should say, of putting others' needs before our own. I'm going to say that again. It's a physical manifestation of putting others' needs before our own. And I just think anytime I hear that, I'm like, ding, okay, yeah, that's me and pretty much every woman I know, (laughs) right? And so does that sound like you? The uterus, if you think about it, it's by design, it exists, to put another person's needs first, right? The material of the womb, for instance, our endometrium, is the first maternal embrace an embryo receives. So it has been interpreted by some that when endometrial tissue grows outside of the womb, it is the body's attempt to mother a woman who isn't mothering herself, who isn't putting her own needs first. So by creating a symptom, you know, then we have no choice but to pay attention to that symptom. And we must, in a very necessary way, put our own needs first and set aside that outward or overly mothering behavior that leaves us maybe sometimes feeling, not sometimes, many times, I really should think, 
it makes us feel depleted, right? I feel like that word depleted can really describe how many women are feeling. It's so wonderful. And I don't mean to say otherwise, we all feel like it's, I think it's something within us, right? We want to care for others and it is wonderful to care for others and to support them in their lives. But when we do it in such a way that puts our own needs last on the list, we can become depleted. We might feel frustrated. We might feel angry and resentful or just plain stressed out and exhausted by the practical requirements of living that kind of a life. The expectations put on all women to be the primary care providers, to be to put others first all the time, to do the emotional labor of supporting those around them. It really can. It can be a lot. So I just want to recognize that and put words to that and just let that marinate a little bit and let you think about that and just think about your life and see if this is something that resonates with you. Do you ever feel like you're keeping everyone else happy, (laughs) stable, cared for, right? But that maybe you're not attending to your own needs and your own desires? Do you long sometimes for someone to take care of you? I know when I get sick, a lot of times I miss my mom, right? And and there's a reason for that. It's just sometimes our body tells us what we need. And a lot of times we need that, that mothering and that, that care. And when we don't give it to ourselves, a lot of times we will seek to get it from other people. If we can't get it from other people, we need to give it to ourselves, right? Sometimes we also have a burning desire for like to connect with other women. I know that it's something that we've talked quite a lot about because it's an important part of our community here at Mixers. We want to create this community of women um, who support each other because I feel like a lot of us women go through life thinking that we need to do everything ourselves, but for our health, we really do need to connect. Um, Women need to work together and we can help provide support for each other. You know, I feel like it's just something that's a fact. We need each other. So when we feel these pressures, the pressure's can come out in the body and manifest as symptoms. I know that this resonated with me and that's why I wanted to share with you because I feel like it made so much sense. And so many of the women that I've worked with that have endometriosis, when we address this aspect of their health, their emotional health, how it applies to their physical health, it was a huge turning point. So I just wanted to make sure that I covered it in this episode. And I'm, I'm curious to know how you guys feel about that too. Now, I also know that the emotional theory of endometriosis is by no means the sole root cause of the disease, but it's an element that I have seen, like I said, over and over again in my work with women. We can maybe think about how our uterus is offering us a gift. It's like an, it's an opportunity for us to reflect on our own patterns and then to revise them for not only better health, but a happier and more supported life. I think that, as I say often, knowledge is power. And when we understand that the symptoms that we are having are really just messages that our body is sending us, when we can learn to listen and then take the important steps that we need to take care of ourselves um, and take care of our bodies, we will be able to show up in the world and do the important work that we want to do, right? So, but most of all, With this episode, my hope is that you girls that are dealing with endometriosis know that in the Mixers community, we see you 
and we want to love and support you. And we know that what you are dealing with isn't just a really bad period. With Endometriosis Awareness Month, I feel like there's so much that we can learn, but more than anything, I just feel for you girls that are dealing with endometriosis and people are brushing you aside. And I don't want that to be the case here at Mixers. I want you to know that we understand and that we are trying to provide as much of the solution as possible and support that you need. All right. So I hope first that this episode empowers you to find the right health practitioner, right? And to actually get the correct diagnosis. Let's not make all of you wait seven years <laughs> to get this diagnosis. Um, also, I want you guys to know that there is so much we can do with our nutrition and lifestyle strategies um, and know that her time is available to provide that extra support. And it has been a huge support for so many women and has given them so much relief. Also, like I just talked about, I don't want you to discount the emotional side of our health. Acknowledge your needs and then be good to yourself and don't hesitate to seek support. I'm so grateful for this community that we are building here at Mixers. I know we are active daily on social media. Our Instagram um, at Mixers, I actually have that linked in the show notes below. If you're not part of that community or that side of our community, please join us there. It's lots of fun and we try to give you all kinds of good information there. But we also have a private Facebook group called Her Place by Mixers and um, we chat every hormones and happiness. And it's a lot of fun. I really love it. I'm the one that's personally on there um, trying to give you as much information as I possibly can, answering your questions. A lot of the community um, puts out questions. You girls get in there and you help and you answer a lot of the questions and share your experiences and share your stories and share your likes and your hearts and all of that stuff. And it's just, it's just awesome. Um, so if you aren't there yet, come and join us. Just go on to um, search Her Place by Mixers. Um, it is a private Facebook group, so um, you do have to request to be to join it, but I will be the one letting you in as soon as I see your, your request. As always, I enjoy doing these deep dive Fridays with you. I hope you guys learned something new today. Please let us know what you guys think about our podcast by rating and reviewing us. And please share this episode with any of your endo sisters that could benefit from the information that I shared in this episode. Next Tuesday, Jess and I are going to be back again, and we are going to have with us a special guest. She is one of our Mixers community's uh, endo sisters. Her name is Jenna Marie Close. You may recognize her if you have been in our um, Her Place by Mixers group on Facebook. Um, she's very active there. She's going to be sharing her endometriosis story, and she's going to be sharing about how she is living with endometriosis, but is no longer suffering from the symptoms that come from endometriosis. She's amazing. I know you guys are going to want to take notes on what she has to share for sure. Be sure that you subscribe to It's Her Time podcast. Our episodes come out every Tuesday and every Friday, and you guys aren't going to want to miss a single one. All right. Until next time, I'm sending so much love to each and every single one of you, and I look forward to our next conversation. Have a good one. Talk soon. Girls, we deserve beauty sleep. When we aren't getting deep sleep, we are hurting our hormones, which affects how we look and feel. Her Nightly takes getting your beauty sleep to an even deeper level. Infused with a therapeutic dose of melatonin, Her Nightly ensures that we fall asleep quickly and deeply. Once asleep, our all-natural collagen and biotin goes to work all night, repairing our skin, muscles, and hair. This ensures proper nightly recovery to help us feel recovered and energized when we wake up. 
Her Nightly is an all-natural sleep aid that promotes deep sleep and even deeper recovery. Just take one serving before bed to unwind and decompress. You'll not only wake up feeling energized, but ready to take on the day. It's time to make the most of your night's sleep with Her Nightly. You can check us out on all social platforms at Mixers, M-I-X-H-E-R-S, or on our website at Mixers.com. Mixers.com.